This is episode number 122 with Lena Weigler. Welcome to Transform Talks, the only podcast that cuts straight through the hype and noise on supply chain transformation. I'm Maria Villablanca, the CEO and co-founder of the Future Insights Network. Join me as I uncover the stories and delve deeper into the topics that really matter to you. With the pace of technology advancement, companies are on the search for talent that could help drive digital initiatives and fast-track transformation for competitive advantage. The problem is, the supply chain profession has an image issue and still fails to attract diverse talent, losing out to sexier professions. Supply chain is in dire need of rebranding. A career in supply chain can be exciting and very rewarding. So why does it fail to bring in and keep top talent? Well, in this episode, I'm joined by Lena Weigelip, Head of Supply Chain Performance for Europe at Werner Co., the world's leading manufacturer of ladders and climbing equipment, to discuss how companies can attract and retain the talent they need for growth. Lena, being a young female supply chain professional in a traditionally male-dominated field, tells us how she got into the world of supply chain and how she's taken it upon herself to help her company acquire and retain diverse talent. Now, in her current role, Lena is responsible for the streamlining and digital transformation of the European supply chain for optimal performance. Prior to obtaining this role, Lena worked in several leading global positions in the area of supply chain and lean manufacturing in companies such as the Aptar Group, Ada Cosmetics International, and Hans Groen. Lena is incredibly passionate about diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as female empowerment, and she does a lot of work in pushing this agenda as a member of the Global Steering Committee and leader of the EMEA chapter of the Werner Co. Women's Inclusion Network. I'm very excited to hear the perspective of a young supply chain professional on this topic. So let's get started. Hi, Lena. Thank you so much for being here on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot, Maria, for inviting me. I'm happy to be here today. Great. Well, so I'm going to just jump straight into the question that's in my mind, which is how in the world you got into the world of supply chain, manufacturing. How'd you join us? How did you get into this world? Yes, basically, I was uh, starting my, my studies in a corporate way. So I was working at a company and studying at the same time industrial engineering and the production First, uh, as you said, manufacturing was fascinating me at the beginning, especially those topics of operational excellence and lean manufacturing. So mm -hmm. that was how I got in there. And um, yeah, while working in lean manufacturing and production, I was noticing quite fast that if you don't have a correct working supply chain and a high performing supply chain, you can optimize your production as much as you want and will not work. So I was really um, interested to focus on the whole picture and to have the whole picture. And this is why I uh, changed more or less from uh, production to supply chain. Basically, the production is a part of the supply chain. So I never yeah. left that area, but I just uh, broadened my area and focus. And yeah, I'm really happy about it because it's such an interesting area. But, but did you, I mean, the reason I asked the question the way that I asked it is because I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, nobody told me that supply chain was an option. You know, it wasn't an option that I, you know, it wasn't like I was playing with my I don't know, toys and whatever, and thinking, oh, I definitely want to go into supply chain. It's not something you hear a lot of women go into as well, you know, and in these gen younger generations as well. So, so it's interesting to hear that you find, find it fascinating and fascinating and how you got into it, you know? Yeah. So as I said, it was a step-to-step -step approach. So basically when being a girl and selecting uh, 
my studies and whatever to do. I was not thinking about the position I'm right yeah, now yeah. in. And I think that is also not a problem, but also a big opportunity right now that a lot of people don't know what really supply chain is about. They are only, when they think about supply chain, they think about logistics and then they think about a warehouse and a forklift driver, yes. you know, which is yes. not really in attractive. So basically there are a lot of opportunities how we can yeah, make our area much more attractive, how we can really have kind of a, how you say, personal branding of supply chain, yeah, yeah. make it much yeah. more attractive for the talent we need to, to have our future supply chains. So even if it's a pity that it's still like that, we have a big opportunity there. I to you know, I totally agree with you that, which is why we had a, a session at, at, at our recent Transform Fest event about whether or not supply chain has an image issue, because I think it does. I think supply chain and manufacturing in general have this sort of antiquated opinion that it is just sort of, and again, not to disparage because, you know, uh, warehousing and logistics are great, fascinating parts of supply chain, but it, you know, I think, I feel that both manufacturing and supply chain have the chance to really change and shape economies, to shape mm -hmm. technology, innovation. Um, and, you know, and I feel sometimes like younger talent is going to, I don't know, the Googles of this world or the startups of this world. And yet I think that there are opportunities in this space, don't you? Yeah, I think there are a lot of big opportunities, especially uh, in the, let's say, more traditional companies because there the supply chain is something which has to be done but in the end yeah. uh, it has to work if it's not working everybody is complaining but if it's working nobody's taking care about it so um, I think there are a lot of possibilities how to make that function more attractive and also how to really improve the function and also to show how if we put, um, if we improve the supply chain, how we can also have positive impacts at in any other different uh, departments. Is it R and D department? Is it uh, the marketing? Is it the sales? Especially, for example, supply chain is really a sales enabler in the end. And also, mm -hmm. when talking about bigger products, I can only talk about the products we are manufacturing at Wernerco, those big and spacious ladders and different scaffolds and whatever if we directly start to work together with the research and development we can already take care then of how we transport the goods later that they are not damaged that they are really compact and are uh, very good to to bring to the customer and also easy to handle so there are so many factors which can be taken into consideration where supply chain really can support yeah the customer fulfillment and all the other areas as well so clearly there are a lot of opportunities here, you know, and, and I think, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel that despite all of the really negative elements of COVID, it still has offered us an opportunity to almost redefine the value that supply chain has in a business, you know, the position it has in a business. Do, do you see any other opportunities that have come for supply chain manufacturing professionals, uh, you know, based on the disruption that we recently had? Yeah, for sure. So as you said, we have a lot of problems and issues and it's really a, sometimes a daily firefighting to get the goods yeah. from A to B. But uh, yeah, as you said, it's really an important, important change ongoing right now because everybody's noticing how important the supply chain is and how many different details mm. are along the supply chain. It's not only, let's say, we order a truck and ship everything from A to B. There are, there are a lot of different steps there are a lot of different process uh, elements and we have also to take into consideration different rules of different countries and regulations and all those different elements which are really uh, making the supply chain interesting but also complex and so we get a lot of a lot more understanding and also a lot more 
management uh, awareness. So currently now is really the time to get everything uh, approved and done because yeah. management has the full attention of the, and no, the other way around, the supply chain has the full attention of the management because without a, a really good working supply chain, nothing is going on anymore. That is also a point of, let's say, the, I, I was one, I think two days ago, I read an article about uh, customer customer loyalty and the customer loyalty nowadays really depends a lot on the supply chain because the customers oh yeah for sure their goods fast and if they are not really attached to a brand they switch much more easily to, a, to the company which has the best supply chain and can deliver the products in the best quality and quantity at the um, required time so what in your opinion what do you think is needed to attract more diverse talent into the supply chain? Because, you, you know, I think you agree with me that it's got a bit of an image issue. So what's needed to attract and what's needed to keep top talent, diverse talent into the space? I think on the one hand, it has, the supply chain function has really to have a kind of personal branding how, uh, to say yeah. in that way, so that really the awareness is created to make, yeah, movies, podcasts, as we are now doing, uh, mm to show to show the sexy side of supply chain really exactly. to show the exciting side of supply chain yeah yeah and also to show the really the benefits out of it there's no function where you have this much uh, let's say this yeah this different uh, work field so basically you can have contact with mm. customers with suppliers with carriers you can on the one hand you have to negotiate with your with your 3pl providers with your carriers you have to fulfill the customer needs you have to juggle so many different functions it's really a very interesting and uh, but also yeah um, enjoyable way to work you in the normal time when there's no COVID you travel a lot you get to know uh, more cultures you have really to think from a whole perspective on, on all the different topics and yeah that's uh, if you are able to manage a supply chain yeah you have you but if have you can manage a supply chain you can manage a company you can manage basically Exactly. So this is what I mean. You get an insight to all departments because you cannot decide your supply chain without talking to production, without consideration, uh, considering um, stocks and considering lead times, which the sales was nego negotiating with the customer to to bring the customer on board and also to really yeah fulfill uh, the sales demand and everything. So that that's it. So you have very wide view and in the end you can... I would say you can easily jump into any other area to work. So you have a very wide range about everything. And that yeah. is so, so, so that's how we attract talent. We sort of have to, like you say, um, reimagine or rebrand this position uh, to really show the exciting elements that we do. And I, and I love that thing about what you were just alluding to, which is if you manage a supply chain, you can manage anything. You know, yeah. you really can manage anything because it covers everything from sales to marketing, to finance, to demand planning, to, uh, you know, just logistics, to just everything that you would need to run a business. Um, so, okay. So, so that's how you uh, attract talent. Let's say we, we fix that. We try, it's our job. It's our duty to go out there and show mm -hmm. that this is, wow, this is an exciting position. This is an exciting uh, plan, ex exciting thing to do in terms of work, but how do we keep talent then? Okay, so you got talent. How do we create the kind of environments within companies to retain that talent? I think uh, one of the main points is appreciation and also um, giving the talent the possibility to evolve. So you should uh, sh you should give uh, responsibility 
and also trust to the people. And on the other side, really develop them. So give them trainings, allow them to go to external courses, allow them to go to different fairs, to different uh, yeah, events to, to get uh, and broaden their knowledge, not just, uh, let's say, to lock them into an office and say, make your job, to really em empower the people to get new insights, to try new things. But on the other hand, then also give them a perspective. Maybe you can implement a mentor or you have a mentor program in your company or you implement one so that the people are really have the feeling they are in the right place they see their path they see their career steps and that mm. they are really uh, taken care for that is i think one of the most important things and also another important thing of our generation or let's say the younger people is really to give them a sense in what they are doing so not only take care of saving millions of money, but also take care of saving millions of CO2 emissions so that our mm -hmm. planet is a better place in the future and take care also about how your um, partners in the supply chain are working. Are they working? Are they treating their employees fair? Are they um, keeping up to ethnical standards? Yeah, you have really to have a purpose and reason on what you're working. It not, does not have only to be about performance and savings, but also about really giving a sense and contributing to society. Do, do you think, I mean, I think we're, I think companies are doing a better job of that, you know, and I think my generation and the generations before that kind of weren't doing a good job of that. But I think now we're starting to, we're starting to realize, hold on, you have to be purpose-driven and mean it, you know, and, and actually mean it, not, not purpose-driven for the sake of PR. Um, I, I like one of your points there, th that point particularly about the fact that you need to give someone a sense of what they're doing and how it's adding value beyond millions of dollars worth of uh, return on investment. I think people get that, you know, we, we, we do need, we are businesses still at the end of the day, you do, do, you don't do this for charity, but I think that sense of purpose, what about the sense of uh, sort of that startup environment? Because if you think about it, a lot of these big companies are enormous, right? They're ginormous. They have bureaucracy. They have processes. They have, you know, and yet younger people are taught at university and in different type of teaching environments, this sort of fail quick, think quick environment. Um, do you think that companies should take a page out of sort of startups books and, and, and try to create that kind of same kind of culture? Yeah, I think that is an important point what you are mentioning with that culture, because uh, if you're working in a, let's say, very traditional company or, as you say, a very big co corporate corporation, people get frustrated if change is taking too long. And that is also, I think, a point which is important in, in retaining talent that they yes. have the flexibility to try out, to fail, and but then also to change. And that, yeah, for example, in such kind of function, especially digitalization, sustainability, and so on, are directly located below the, the managing director so that they can, in a really quick way, ask if it's fine to do that and get approval, but then also to really change uh, in, in this metrics function, because if, if it takes too long, people yeah, get frustrated and the change is too slow. So um, the startup environment point is, I think, a really interesting but also important factor which people should take into consideration when to not only to retain talent but also generally in implementing change it mm. if it's taking too long it loses its momentum and then yeah it's difficult to make it happen the reality is we're in a fast-paced world at the moment come on you know we you need i think some element of that kind of flexibility agility uh, to be able to deal with this uncertainty and that, that we're in right now. I mean, right? We're, we're in a yeah. period of really crazy volatility. So if you have a culture that is 
very rigid in terms of processes and bureaucracy and things taking time, then it's going to be hard to adapt. Then on top of that, add digital transformation. One of the things I like to say is that the pace of change is unprecedented. You know, this is this is not 10 years ago. Things changed. Every There's always been change. There's always been flux. There's always been change. But the pace was maybe took years to change. Now it's, I don't know, day to day, right? Yeah. Yeah, today it's really it's a really changing environment, and I would also say that even if a company is maybe not the best in its uh, field, but if it's more adaptable to change, then it will sooner or later overrun the others, even if they have maybe more high quality products or, mm. or anything else. But uh, yeah, the the ability to um, adapt to change, I think, will really uh, make the difference in the future now and but also in the next years. But you know what, I would take it even further, Elena, and I would say that it has to be present in the culture of the business, because it's all good to say, yes, we are adaptable to change, but it's got to be a cultural thing from top down so that, you know, organizations feel or employees feel that they are able to change things quickly and what they're doing has an impact right away. Yeah. So I think that's really important that all the, let's say, the general managers, CEOs and and the C-level executives, vice presidents and so on, really live that and that it's not a kind of green or social washing or let's say change management washing that it's really done because then then people will follow but if people see that core values or what you say strategies and uh, let's say approaches to change management or whatever only something written on a nice sheet which is hanging in a frame in the meeting room people will not take it seriously you know what? I, we've heard the term greenwashing and it does happen a lot. I love this new change management washing because I think you're right. It's got to have it, it's this sort of promise that things are going to change, this promise that things are going to be different. But like you say, it's it's like a pamphlet that's written on a wall somewhere in the in, in the rec room or in the in the, you know, whatever room and uh, and the common room. That's the word I was looking for. And yet it doesn't change. So, OK. I want to change tack a little bit because I know that you've been doing quite a lot with diversity and inclusion in your organization. You've been you've been leading, if I remember correctly, that for about eight months now, uh, the Werner Co. Women's Inclusion Network. Talk to us about about yeah, that, how correct. it started. What you know, what's the, what is it? Yeah, so basically, we at Werner Co. We really focus on diversity inclusion, and it's important for us, especially because of, uh, as I mentioned before, our products are like uh, ladder scaffolds and building site equipment, which is a really exciting product, but not that a lot of women are interested in, you know, so basically. Or know uh, about, or know about, or or know that it's an opportunity, you're right, yeah. Yeah, they, it's rather, let's say, currently a really man-dominated world in the end, so basically my yeah. colleagues from the U.S. founded this, uh, the so-called Wanako Women's Inclusion Network, uh, one year ago last year I think it was in September and mm-hmm. started to drive it to really um, yep, onboard ladies and make make management aware about uh, what is diversity inclusion why it is so important to have a more diverse workforce and um, so one colleague of mine from the UK and, and myself we were also we're seeing what was going on in the US and we were saying okay great we want to join as well and so we founded our EMEA section of the Bernaco Women's Inclusion Network this year in April and uh, Alison and myself are driving it since now, and we are really working on key topics like attract. How can we attract the, the woman? How what is kind of employer branding that we can really improve women? We are working. Uh, we were talking with, let's say, headhunters focused on uh, women recruiting because the already a kind of way how you 
write a job description already yeah. decide attract women or not just as an example and unfortunately we did not have a lot of job fairs this year but this is also something we would like to do in the different countries next year when it's possible again to be there and to present our company there we have an educate area where we focus on training so we have training from external for the ladies in the network but also from internal we had our director emia project management having a project management session with us uh, with the network and we invite also a lot of external speakers ladies who are really at a high position who really create the awareness we invite mm -hmm. all the company so basically those speaker events are for everyone and it's also um, encouraged by the top management that there are no meetings at the same time that people should join and listen to it and we also measure our um, our advantages or our advances in the end. So basically we want to increase the percentage of women in general in the company, women in leadership positions, uh, women promotions. And then we are currently also working on um, set, setting up a mentor program. And we had our biggest event this year also together with uh, co colleagues from the US was we organized a global fireside chat with really the top executives. Uh, it was moderated by our chief human resources officer. And there we were really talking about personal stories, diversity and inclusion. And this is how we drive it forward at Werner Co. Well, this is the kind of kind of example of something that works with your male dominated industry, right? To attract and retain talent. So it's a perfect example of this. I mean, you know what, when you, what you said there about writing a, a job spec, even something like that, that you don't even think about that when you're yeah. writing a job spec, I mean, you're right. You work for a scaffolding manufacturing business it's not exactly it doesn't scream you know attract women top talent into the business so uh, even giving some thought to the, the the posting of a job is is important so no i i think you're really right to highlight that part and, and that's a good bit of advice for anybody who's listening you know to take a look at the job specs that you write are you maybe subliminally putting people off uh you know applying for your job through the the job spec yeah there are many no. things you have to take into consideration uh, you would have never thought before about yeah well i think i think as a young professional in this space you've given us quite a lot to think about in terms of the kind of things we need to do to attract talent the kind of things we need to do to maintain talent you're clearly a person of action as well so it's it's great to see that you're taking action and i think that's an example to set as well for other young professionals in this space i'm encouraged to to, to see that and no doubt with our listeners will be very eager to find out what's been happening you know as the years progress with what you're doing in in this space um one last question for me from me are you excited about the opportunities in the industry moving forward what do you yes. think the years ahead look like yeah, I think there are so many opportunities also ongoing with digitalization and how we use also data for planning for yeah for everything in the end. So there are many there are exciting times ahead. And since we, I would also say we can take even if COVID is a very very bad thing, we can take the advantages of it, out of it because everything, even if it's really not uh, very favorable, has advantages. And this is how we now have the possibility to. To, to use the momentum and really get get forward with our supply change, driving the change and getting really people into it, making it attractive for people and also showing our manager, uh, the top management that it's supply chain is a strategically important function, uh, which has not to be disregarded in the future if you want to be on, on top of the market. So I, I, 
I just realized I didn't ask you the last question. This is the last question. I promise you, I'm not going to bring you another one. This is the last question. Okay, so we've got a podcast that reaches supply chain executives. Generally, they're all old people like me, uh, you know, Gen X or above. So you, here's the microphone. What do you want to say to managers, senior leaders in the supply chain industry about attracting and retaining talent? Well, so from my point of view, it would be, or it is uh, without... Uh... Would, it is really important to focus on getting talent, retaining talent, making our function more attractive, and then really taking the advantage of the momentum to really progress uh, for the future and get our agenda done, yes. Brilliant. No, well, you heard it here. So I want to thank you, Lena, for being here. I want to thank you for sharing your story. And no doubt we're going to be touching base with you, seeing how things progress. And I agree. I think supply chain has an image issue. And I think the more we do this, that we get out there into the world to say, this is an exciting position. This is an exciting thing to do. Uh, then uh, the better for everybody. Right? Yes, I fully agree. And thanks a lot for inviting me, Maria. No, my pleasure, Lena. And for those of you listening, we'll see you later. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today at Transform Talks. I hope you found this valuable. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe, comment, and share. I'll see you at the next one.